Welcome to Out of This Get Played, the show where we discuss the worst and weirdest and walla walla bing bangest video games of all time. That third W was by <laughs> Alaric. Submit yours at Get Played Pod, hashtag WWW. I am Nick Weiger, along with Heather Ann Campbell. I'm Heather Ann Campbell, along with our producer, Matt Apodaca. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. And welcome back, Bucket. Edge. Guys, it is the Guys? final episode. Dudes. What's Bros. up, dudes? Bros. What's up with it, homies? My homies. <laughs> it's the final episode of the month, so it is time for another edition of 70 Minutes in Gaming Heaven, where we'll be talking all things games. Uh, do we have? Do we do an official countdown? What do we do? Um, I think we should. I guess we're just I going. I think we should do an official countdown, and I also think that the podcast should end at 70 minutes just like cut off okay <laughs> you're promised 70 minutes you'll get not one second more yeah um i it, it's uh I'm, I'm excited to talk games with you guys much to discuss uh i i did want to, to talk about something that's non-gaming related that mm, you and uh-oh. i we, we've texted some i think we've all texted about this okay uh, and it involves uh, the beverage I am holding right now, a very oh. blown out in my camera, but I got myself a non-alcoholic brew dog, a non-alcoholic beer. We're Heather, you're holding your hand up. I'm so excited about this topic because I have <laughs> so much to say about it. What kind of what kind of drink? It looks like a Klaus Tauser or whatever. This it's is a Kla- <laughs> it's a Klaus Taylor. Yeah. Wow. Um, Klaus Taylor, who is, uh, he's in the Hague, um, but brews a great beer. This is, we've talked about this, Matt, but they're like the, the, it reached an age where I'm like, it's not just the getting drunk part of alcohol. It is like the relaxation element of drinking something that tastes like alcohol. Mm-hmm. Like that has, that has its own appeal. Yeah. The, it's not like, cause I'll say like for me, like I don't drink so much anymore and I probably haven't actually been like quote-unquote drunk in like two years Mm -hmm. um but like the i i miss the idea of like cracking open a cold one with my boys like i like i I create like i crave that social um that that just like yeah that that social vibe and like just truly a cold cold frothy beer is is wonderful um, but I, I don't keep any in the house because, like, I, I, you know, if I'll have a glass of wine occasionally and I'll take right. me hours to drink it because I'm just like, I can't, can't do it anymore. Yeah, I'll chug that thing like a shot. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta, I gotta say some stuff about this topic, guys. Yes, Here we please. go. So, um, I'm not supposed, I had cancer. You're not supposed mm-hmm. to drink after you have cancer, but mm-hmm. I also have a drinking problem. So <laughs> I, uh, I went, I, I went like sober for a significant amount of time after surgery. And then, uh, I guess I don't actively have cancer right now. So like I, get, uh, okay, maybe I'll start drinking again, but then the pandemic hit and, uh, I went full blown, like cocktail every night. Who gives yeah. a fuck? We might die of COVID at any moment. And I don't want to say no to a nice Italian Montalcino, Montalcino. Uh, but that got out of control. So for the last month or so, um, I've got a, uh, like a numbers tracker on my phone. Like I'm doing the whole thing where I'm, I'm, I'm going sober again. And I have discovered a few non-alcoholic beverages that are game changers. One is Run Wild IPA uh, by the Athletic Brewing Company. 
indistinguishable from a regular IPA wow. when you haven't been drinking for a while. Right. Um, like O'Doul's and all that shit tastes like garbage. O'Doul's sucks. This is sucks. a full-blown delicious. And no, I sound like a fucking commercial right now, but I'm so excited about this drink that I was like, this is great. This is great. Um, they also make a, a golden ale, not as great as their IPA, but still delicious. Everybody's probably had a Heineken Zero by now. Tastes just like Heineken. And then there's this other thing called Ritual, uh, which is whiskey, tequila, and gin al- alternatives mm. that you can add to mixers. And if you add the tequila to like a margarita mix, tastes just like a margarita. Wow. So I'm healthy. I'm living that that post, post-cancer life. Mm-hmm. I'm drinking every day. (laughs) (laughs) The best of both worlds. It's it's great. It's really great. But you guys got to try the Run Wild IPA by Athletic Brewing Company. It's fucking incredible. I read an article in like the New York Times or something, and it was like, this is, our sales are through the roof because of pandemic. Wow. That's rad. Because yeah, I like, like you, uh, Heather, I mean, like I, I can, I'm prone to just, uh, you know, drinking a little too much and especially during the pandemic. And uh, like this, what this has done for me is, and I'm certainly not perfect about it. And I'm still having nights when I'm indulging a little bit in an adult libation, but it, it, but this is nice because if I was drinking a regular beer, I would have six beers. But if I'm drinking <laughs> a non-alcoholic beer, I'll have one beer and then go to bed. Yeah. You know, like I don't get the impaired judgment of this drinking this alcohol makes me want to consume more alcohol. And then I'm just getting like shit face for no particular reason. Yeah. Well, there's like scientifically only like a 15 minute window when alcohol makes you feel good. So you're chasing mm. that high every right. drink. You're chasing the 15 minutes, I think, if that's the way it works. Or maybe you only get the 15 minutes once, but it's such a good dopamine hit that you're like, well, fuck, I'll chase that all night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, I, uh, whew, I love a good drink. Love it. Yeah. Uh, the, I kind of want one. Yeah. <laughs> the O'Doul's, that was my first shot at this. I, I tried the O'Doul's and I was like, this fucking is terrible. This is worse than, this is the worst American macro brew I've ever had. And so going for a little bit of a better product, it's, it's made a big difference. You've got an upside down non-alcoholic golden you're yeah, holding the up. the Athletic wow. Brewing Co. Upside down, Dawn. It's fucking great. Um, I love the can. I like a yeah. I, great I, can design. I love a nice can design. Yeah. It's a little, um, but hey, we should pivot from can design <laughs> to game design. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> uh, we're so going to talk smooth. what we've been playing lately. It's the backlog. Oh, yeah. So uh, I, I, I've got as a wait. Yes. Can you cue it up again? Okay. Should I do the segue again? Well, you, we can even keep this part in because I came up with what it is okay. on the fly here. So okay, we could you just go for it. Okay. Uh, well, we should pivot from can design to game design. It's the backlog. Timber! Oh my god, my house! Oh no! No, no, oh no! Oh my god! Oh god! Oh god! <laughs> <laughs> 
Martha! Martha! Why did you say Martha? <laughs> so yeah, I thought you were I knew it was gonna be good. I was guessing that you were just going to scream. Like oh. Yeah. <laughs> I like going from timber, that joy of watching a tree fall <laughs> to seeing its destination. <laughs> what a shift. I if you saw a tree falling, mm-hmm. that you would just sort of reflexively call timber or just be so stunned in your tracks that you couldn't believe you're seeing something so cool. Great question. Um, I you know I've seen a tree branch fall, and I did not say timber, <laughs> but that's a different situation. But I did yeah. see it absolutely just like you know, like land on the hood of a guy's car mm-hmm. and just you know, it, it did, didn't didn't wreck it or anything, but it was a little bit of a little bit of a mess, bit of a hassle. Yeah, people are here um, for the games talk. What are we doing, guys? <laughs> talking Let's trees, give them some games. Let's give them some games. We talked about fucking fake beer. Trees. Uh, the uh, so the PlayStation Five. I have my grubby little hands on. Um, I, I just want to talk a lot about it as a next gen console because mm-hmm. I think that was a thing where you know I I think a lot of people were maybe skeptical about both the PlayStation Five and the Xbox Series S slash X, where it was like, well, all right, what are what are these things? These are just like it's just a four K version of the console I already have. But the PS Five is such a sleek machine. The UI I really really like. It's like it's like so polished and uh, so elegant. There's some some things you have to adapt to versus the PS4, but it is like it, it's 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 very great and that feels next gen. But I think the things more so than that 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 many people have have touched on but really resonate when you're actually experiencing it is a the absence of any sort of load times in mm-hmm. in a lot of in and certainly the the PS5 exclusive games it just feels like you're just going right into it um and b the dual sense controller which is immediately maybe my favorite controller ever it's it's a it's wonderful to to hold and to use yeah i i love it i have a nitty gritty complaint mm. oh which is that it takes too many button presses to turn the machine off. Mm. Uh, if you hit the PlayStation logo on your on your um, controller, it brings up a mini menu. Then you have to slide all the way to the right on that mini menu and press a button. Then it pulls up the options for how you want to turn off your machine. And then you press one of those things. I think a single long press on the PlayStation logo should put your machine into rest mode. Mm-hmm. Wow, that would be, or or maybe just give me a confirm there. Uh, yeah, but 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 yeah, because I agree that is a little thing. When I talked about adapting it from the PS4, adapting to using it from the PS4, that is a thing of like you have to get used to. It's not just a long hold to put it into rest mode. It's it's your you press it. It's a toggle. You press it, and then you have to yeah, you have to fucking do all the the hubbub that Heather just described. That is a that is a thing I still have not quite clicked with. Yeah. Minor minor complaint. I agree. I I really like the UI. Uh, we talked about this a little bit, but the I have the the Series S also, the Xbox Series S, and uh, I am the Xbox kid. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I've heard about the I'm like gesturing to it in my home, but like nobody benefits from that except you guys. You guys can't even really see it from where I'm pointing to, so just a worthless yeah. gesture. Um, but from what I heard about the 
previous gen's UI, it's like the same. It's the same UI. Like they didn't oh, really okay. update it, but it's like it's just more um, more horsepower under the engine. Uh, right. But like the the overall UI experience is 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 the same. So that's why I mean I I mean. Hey, it's no different to me. It's my first Xbox, so I, I I like the UI of the the Series S, but the the PS 5s uh, UI is is sleeker, is is just yeah. cooler in general. Yeah, I mean, in it's just adapting to how you navigate through it. But and and speaking of the DualSense controller, the way it's used in Astro's Playroom, mm-hmm. uh, the packing game, which I love and is an awesome platformer, and uh, in the same way that the controller is instantly one of my favorites, the, the, this game is one of my favorite platformers. It's so great. It's not particularly challenging at all, but it's just pure fun. Uh, it, you know, it's it. I I guess just like the haptic feedback, I I was not expecting to, uh, again, this is an observation lots of people have made, and I feel like everyone's had the same sort of trajectory of like, all right, what's this going to be? And then you actually experience and you're like, oh shit, this is something profoundly new. This Mm -hmm. This is letting me engage with this interactive experience in a new way. Um, I it, particularly the case with Astro's Playroom, which I I, I put the bulk of my play to, play time into right away when I got this thing. Uh, again, when I got my grubby little hands on this thing, um, it's a uh, it, it's it's really really a, a, a really a stellar experience. I feel like the um haptic controls on the PS5 controller on the DualSense are the Ted Lasso of video game controllers. Wow, what does that mean? Because it's like a sweet surprise. Everybody's like, I'm not going to really like this. And oh. by the end, you're like, holy fucking shit. This is one of the best things ever. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, the the governor of, of Massachusetts just referenced it in his closing remarks for his state of the Commonwealth speech. <laughs> he actually did. He talked about Ted Lasso what? at the end of his speech. <laughs> so weird coming in for the landing. Uh, I think last time we did one of these, I talked about um, being excited about how um, Hitman 3 uses it. And mm-hmm. I would like to talk about that for a second because uh, I didn't expect it to um, terrify me because <laughs> um, it was like I hadn't had to use a gun in the game yet. Because, like, you know, you don't necessarily have to use a gun. You can be sneaky. You can choke people out. You can kind of throw items. And the throwing items has its own feel to it. Yes. Um, but the first time I had to pull the trigger... I had to pull down on it so hard that I can only imagine that that's what it feels like for real. And I felt nauseous. Like I, wow. did, not, <laughs> I did not like how that felt at all. And then I got used to it. And, you know, you sort of just like are now fine with it. Uh, now I own a gun and it's fine. <laughs> um, no, but it was like genuinely like very uh, yeah, disarming, uh, right. as it were. And I, I couldn't believe it. But I also... In this time, since the last we spoke about Hitman 3, have finished Hitman 3. <laughs> wow. Yes. What do you think? I, I think this one, more so than the other ones, had um, like sort of borrowed um, like set pieces from like movies. So like the one of the stages is sort of like a knives out um stage it's like in this like manner and you are effectively trying to solve a murder mystery while there to execute somebody which is like very fun um there's a couple other ones that are like that too there's like and then the final set piece of it which i won't spoil um is i think my favorite set piece in the entire franchise of these uh, wow. the trilogy of uh wow. 
uh, of assa- the world of assassins. And it was just so fun because um, you know what you're getting yourself into at the start of it, and it just builds towards such a, a satisfying conclusion. Um, and I, um, yeah, I was just so glad I picked up the franchise. I wish I had done, um, I wish I had bought the first two and then waited for three to come out and play those two in the three's engine because it does like you can, I went back and replayed some of the missions from the previous ones after I finished it. And it, it uses the same, um, like haptic feedback, even in the old games, like it, like they're like basically updated, uh, everything. And it's, it's just really, really great. And such a, um, I guess underrated series. Like it's very, very good. I didn't really know, about it until three was coming out so just great great stuff so you'd say this was a hit man i you know what heather i would say that it was a hit man great great i'm not following the name of the game is hit man what yeah obviously it's a hit man that's the name of the game nick doesn't get it i don't i'm not following here yes it's a it's a hit man he's also pissing himself like he just fell down a flight of stairs. <laughs> so <I don't> know. <laughs> uh, I'm excited to play it because you could play it in VR. Yeah. Um, and I love a good PSVR experience. So I can't wait. I That's made me want to get VR. Mm. But if pulling a trigger in a third person experience made me like nauseous i can imagine that choking somebody out with my bare hands would make me want to like institutionalize myself (laughs) yeah you don't want to like you don't want to have too much fun doing that no no way (laughs) um i uh i have hitman 3 i bought it on pc and then i surprised uh, thanks to the uh thanks to uh, the benevolent Heather Ann Campbell, I got my, uh, again, grubby hands on a PlayStation 5 by mm-hmm. surprise, so I haven't played it yet, but I have it. Oh, man. It's, you're going to love it. I think, especially, I mean, I, you don't ha- they do a good job of catching you up mm-hmm. to what the story is so far, so you don't necessarily have to play the, the other two because it's a pretty self-contained, like, story, but I think, I think it's worth playing all three if you can. Yeah, and I mean, what do I have going on? I mean, honestly. <laughs> honestly? Th- this, what we're doing now is like it for the week for me. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, that's okay. Yeah. Nick, that's, I mean, it's a big it's an exaggeration. It. Yeah. Are you right? Oh, yes. it's an exaggeration. Wow, yes. you made me feel something, uh, and then you took it back immediately. Mr. Popular's <laughs> got other things to do. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Hey, here's something. <laughs> well, all right. First off, I don't know if this format's going to work, guys. I'm, I'm trying real hard to keep a conversation going, but it is my social nightmare to have to keep a conversation going. Uh, <laughs> Got it. So secondly, um, having a PS5, as one does, gives me an opportunity to play games that I have not yet played on the PS4 with a slight upgrade. Mm-hmm. And I've just started giving a shot to God of War, which I know Abadaka played and loved. I think Mm -hmm. Weiger's playing it uh, at the Mm -hmm. same time. Can't believe how gorgeous it looks in 4K at 60 frames per second. Just beautiful. 
beautiful yeah and the so i i'd given up on it i had it for ps4 and i gave up on it pretty quick back in the day even though everyone said this game is amazing i could tell it was really good but just i think at the time i i got it I was like busy with work or something or, or, or there was some like, I like mentally, I was just not connecting with such a dour sort of tone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Also it's just, I mean, it opens with like child abuse. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like just straight up like child abuse. Yeah. Hey, if I wanted to experience a dad being mean to his kid, I'd be nine again. (laughs) 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 Um, But, uh, Father's a lovely man. Uh, the uh, <laughs> so the but yeah, it, it is and like like it, it tonally, it just didn't quite connect with me back when it came out. I was just like, I just don't want to play something this bleak. I just didn't, I felt like playing something more fun. Uh, but I knew it was great. And I knew I was going to replay it at some point or fully play it at some point. And so, and I, I got the PS5 update. Yes, it looks gorgeous. Uh, and the combat is super fun. You know, the story's a little broad, but it is it is good. And as soon as I got the fucking met the dwarf, I was like, I am so, so into this. <laughs> There's a little blue guy who upgrades my weapons and armor. Yes, I'm into it. That blue guy is great. He's very, very good. There's a lot yeah. of really boy. Good you don't know how to hunt yet, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I so I loved um, the original series. I even like I think I've mentioned on here before. Me too. I, I bought a PSP. I have the God of War PSP because it came with the two God of War PSP games. Like, like and those Chains are the, of Olympus and, and is that what, uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah, Chains of Olympus and oh god, what is the other one called? I'll look it up. Um, but oh, it's gonna kill me. It's Atlantis. the arms of um uh, uh, uh but Ghost of Ghost of Sparta. Ghost of Sparta. Yeah, go, uh, Chains of Olympus and Ghost of Sparta. Both and games that Kevin Spacey would have played on uh, House of <laughs> House of Cards. <laughs> Kratos is such an incredible leader. <laughs> um, you but, know what they say when you declare war on the gods, you better be ready to win. <laughs> the only one I didn't love was Ascension, and that came out after God of War three, which I think is perfect. Um, mm. And I I bought. The um the PS4 got a four at launch, and I was so stoked because I think it's one of my favorite franchises of all time. Wow. Wow. And I never finished the game. I didn't finish it. I um I got stuck and I think I got lost. It was like it was it seems kind of silly to get lost, but I just couldn't figure out where I, what I was supposed to do next. Mm. And then a, a, truly a few months ago, I picked it back up and started playing it again. I was like, oh my God, I love, I love this. And then I got to a part that like, when I got to it, I was like standing up and I was like, holy wow. fucking rules. Like I was like wow. so jacked about, about it. Um, and it's, I think it might be my favorite PS4 game. Like it might be one of the best games of the, well, j- well, uh, last of us two, uh, I, like, you know, last of us two, I think is my favorite video game. Like ever, maybe. Wow. Um, wow. And, uh, yeah, I've been thinking about it a lot. Uh, but I've also been thinking about the PS4 library in general. I've been like dreaming about Death Stranding. Like I've been thinking about Death Stranding a lot at like just the concept of it recently. Yeah. Um, it really stays with you. Um, but God of War for, I can't wait for you guys to finish it. And I might dust it off again just to play it with a, ni- with a nice shiny new coat of paint, baby. 
It really is. I mean, it's it's a sight to behold. Mm-hmm. It feels like a it feels like a PlayStation Five game. It's you know because the art direction is already very you know just I you know I I think I texted this to you guys, but it's kind of amazing that like there are two teams in Santa Monica, California. Mm-hmm. There's a Sony Santa Monica and Naughty Dog that are both in like the same maybe the same office complex. I don't know. They're certainly in a very in a small a city with a small footprint that I used to live, but they both churn out like the most polished games on earth. Yeah, and that's like God of War. It's just it's just so polished. It's it's pristine. It is a yeah. real like technical marvel. Like just like everything in it works super well. Um, I was I te- I mentioned this to you guys. Um, when you guys are done, I highly recommend. This is for anybody who hasn't seen it. Also, list anybody listening. There's a great documentary about the making of the game called Raising Kratos and it takes you from like post God of War 3 to like they exp- like they explore like um people were kind of sick of Kratos at that point and just sort of that tone just sort of like the right. all powerful like god killer and like and they, it explains then how they made this one and the hype leading up to it and just like development issues and things like that and it's just a fascinating it's like one of the clearest looks at making a AAA game I've ever seen it's it's incredible because Kratos back like PlayStation 2 Kratos was bit was like an edgelord almost. Yeah. He was just like a fucking extreme dude. Like yes. he was just like, you know, it was, it was a little I mean, yeah, his, his whole family had been murdered. Sure. But it, it was he was a little bit more new metal than a, a PlayStation 4 slash PlayStation 5 Kratos. Yeah. He fucked chicks with an active time battle sequence. Yes. Right. Right. Yes. Like yeah. in order to to get a good thrust in, you press X when the circle descends on X, yeah, and then press triangle when it, and then you can like really give them a good one, yeah. yeah. Just jam it in with a <laughs> triangle button. <laughs> uh, yeah, and like he does, he you know they stupidly took that out of the new one, but um, they, <laughs> <laughs> but you know they sort of gave they gave him more depth. And more, he's much. Uh, he's a more interesting character now because he has Atreus to uh, think about and, and other things to think about as well. That formula just works, where mm-hmm. it's like you got a an NPC companion who is like a lower status than the player character. I mean, it just kind of is a. I don't know. It's it's it's. I guess tried and true for a reason. Mm-hmm. I do would I would like to play a game as a nice dad like like it feels like the father figure is always like a jerk mm-hmm. and is always like has to his personal arc is over the course of the game he has to sort of like realize what he you know whatever yeah uh, that it's not just tough love that's not the only way to get things done like a, a um, game but, starring like michael Stahlberg. just, just a game where you're like we're, where you're the dad or there is a good dad. Either I way. I also think it would be pretty satisfying to be like you fish or something and like your dad is like, hey, I'm real proud of you. Oh, <laughs> wow, this is great. Good job, sport. Wow. <laughs> pursuing this. entertainment is a fine career. You don't have to go into the sciences. <laughs> I'm not going I to don't get a believe in QAnon. That would be great. Also, pretty close to not a joke anymore. Uh, <laughs> yeah, what? I thought. 
Go ahead. Heather, how, I mean, you, you've, uh, have you dabbled with God of War? Have you gotten, gotten into the meat of it? How far, uh, how much time have you gotten to spend with it? Uh, I have not had a ton of time because I am busy trying to platinum Cyberpunk 2077 for reasons I cannot personally determine. Um, I, what has that journey been like? Well, let's say, let's see. Uh, okay, so, hmm. I naturally wanted to beat all of the, I think when we recorded the episode, I had cleared all of the quests in each district and I already received those trophies. I feel like that's probably the largest hurdle in the platinuming of the game is every single little like fight down an alley. But that for me was the best part of the game. And I was surprised how often those encounters had stories Like you would come around a corner and there'd be like somebody beating the shit out of somebody and being like, where is the document? And then you'd execute all the bad guys and you'd find a shard on the dude and the shard would be like, hey, no matter what happens, don't tell anybody or uh, or or we'll kill your family. And so that and then you're like, oh, I get why this guy let the shit get beaten out of him. Mm -hmm. Um, I also really I love a big map. I love going places on a big map. I found stuff in Cyberpunk that I don't think I've seen. They're certainly not in a strategy guide or anything. Um, like, I found a serial killer who isn't a canonical story element in the game. Like, I found a woman's body in a dumpster with a shard on it. And it was like, hey, let's meet at this corner. Like, there's all these little tiny stories. And that that was that's satisfying. So being that I had already done all this, I was like, well, there's only like seven more trophies that I need to go out of my way to get. They include jumping from a high place and smashing three dudes to death at the same time, or maybe it was two dudes to death. And I was like, oh, that'll be fun. I didn't even get this cyberware because I was like a net runner. So I went to get that cyberware, tested out the jumping, jumped and killed a few guys. And I was like, this is great. Another one was shoot a grenade out of the air. And I was like, that's fun. So like I wait until I'm like, start an encounter and just like wait till somebody threw a grenade at me. And I was like, this is great. Um, another one was uh, shoot two dudes with the same bullet. That was fun to do. Mm-hmm. Um, an- another was kill 300 guys with ranged weapons. And since I played a net runner, I hadn't really played with any of the guns. So I got to like go into a whole other section of the game mechanically and even though the fucking thing crashes all the time and it's so problematic and it's so broken like the guns are really great and like killing people with those guns was really great so i only have two um two trophies left to do one is buy all the cars really close to finishing that and um another one that is a story spoiler uh where I have to do an encounter differently earlier in the game. That one's a bit of a hassle. I'll have to go back and have do a different thing and then beat it one more time. But otherwise, it's been fun. Um, it, it, it's a kind of a maddening experience. I did, I did really enjoy. It. I re- I went back and I looked at my because I had to uh, I had to reinstall it to get a screenshot of mm-hmm. my character uh for. I'm I'm kind of like probably too aggressive about uninstalling games when I'm done with them just because I, I run out of hard drive space. Uh, but I like I so like I, I but I reinstalled it and I was like, oh, I spent 61 hours in this game. Yeah. Like I, I put a lot of time into it and was frustrated for parts of it, but 
overall, I was like, this is a very memorable, cool experience that is just kind of half baked. Yeah. Yeah. It's it. It would have been a really good cookie if you'd left it in the oven a little bit longer. Yes. <laughs> but instead, um, it's like leaking down your arms and you're like, it's like, eat the entire cookie for an achievement. I'm like, oh, it's all over me. I don't, it's a messy fucking cookie. <laughs> like, <laughs> and also like my jaw locks up once in a while and I have to restart right. my face. But yes. that's the experience of cyberpunk. <laughs> Uh, you mentioned that the so I, I I think I know what you're talking about in terms of the trophy because it's like you know you have to choose a different option. Um, but there it is a game that has this is not related to that. This is it it that happens earlier in the story. Uh, but later in the story, there is a point where you have kind of like the final decision point before you can go on all the different endings, and they do give you a bonus save for that, which I really, which is great. They kind of, yeah. they kind of are like, here you can come back to this and experience those other endings. Like, great, that's what I want to do. A game that didn't do that is another game I played recently that I honestly loved. I thought it was fucking fantastic. It's called Call of the Sea. Uh, I may have touched on this in a, pre in a prior 70 seconds of Gaming Heaven. Um, this is a first-person adventure game. Uh, out of the Blue developed it. It's a, a Spanish developer. It came out last year, late last year, and it's on Game Pass. Um, I played it on PC. Puzzles are pretty much pretty simple environmental puzzles. There's really no other characters in the game. You're just a uh, one-person exploring you're a you're a, a a very sick woman a woman with a chronic illness uh and it's set in the 1930s and your husband uh just loves the shit out of you is just fucking super in love with you so he went on an expedition to try to find a cure for your illness wow so he he goes on this expedition he disappears and you go to try to find your husband so it's like a it's like a unique story setup and it's also like a story that's motivated by love uh which is you know it, not that love is not present in video games, but it's usually not the main narrative thrust. I feel like for uh, why you're going on your quest, right? It's not you. That's not usually the the driving uh, narrative. Uh, uh, so uh, so it's really cool, and, and the way the story emerges is great. I think the voice acting is good. I think it's it it has this kind of um simple, fairly simple art direction that's very colorful, uh, that's really engaging, and you know. Uh, I guess indie friendly for their for their smaller team. Um, I think a lot of the puzzles are very clever. Uh, the only detraction I have of this game is that there are two endings, and the point where you get like it it, it seems to purposefully launch uh, to uh, lock you out of of experiencing both endings unless you have the foresight to have a manual save, which you wouldn't necessarily know because you don't know when the game's about to end. Mm -hmm. So you get to that decision point. Uh, whichever way you choose, your autosave happens after that. So you can't go back to the the decision point and, and experience the other one. So I had to watch it on YouTube. But uh, without being without being spoilery, too spoilery, the game kind of goes on this uh, like magical realism, almost Lovecraftian uh, sort of a path that I was not expecting at all. I thought it was just going to be kind of like this this adventure. Uh, but it, it, it does so in a really satisfying fashion. I guess what I'm, I, I guess just like, it, it just made me think of like, ah, the, the only thing, the only minor frustration I had is I wish you could just re like, honestly, when you have branching narratives, especially the ending, when you have like a game, Ghost of Tsushima is the same thing. There's mm -hmm. no, there's really not a lot of decisions you're making throughout the narrative, except at the very end, you have a big decision you can make and you get one of two endings. I kind of feel like when you do that, 
just let me experience both endings. In fact, let me just do them back to back because yeah. that's what everyone wants to do. You want to see what happens. You, you, you want to try You want to try both alternatives. Um, that said, I'm not going to uh, fucking dump on this indie developer who put together this really <laughs> marvelous game. If you, if you do have Game Pass and you like adventures and you, and you don't need combat, uh, check it out because it's really, really fucking good. I really enjoyed it. Uh, video games should have the, en- the type of ending that's like in the end of um, the first Wayne's World. Where they just kind of oh hell yeah! <laughs> they give you a Scooby Doo ending, give you uh, all sorts of crazy endings. Clue, they did that too. The Clue, yeah. the movie. Yeah, honestly, I would not mind seeing that in a game. Just play all the different endings back to back to back, and then if you want to choose a canonical one, let me know what it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, it would be cool if that. Yeah, you chose one ending, and then it showed you the other ones. Why yes. not? Yes, yes, yeah. Why not? Um, uh, I will say in Cyberpunk. The worst part about where the save is, is the amount of unskippable dialogue Mm -hmm. in between you and the action of whichever ending you choose. Right. All that dialogue is the same for all four or five endings. Like, it's just you like I got to a point when I was doing all the different endings where I would start. The ending and then like look away for a while, like to my phone or something while V like dealt with shit. And then I'd come back and press the button again and and ignore it. Like that's that's bad design. Not that cyberpunk has (laughs) a lot of great choices made. (laughs) Yeah, whatever. I feel like they'll yeah, they'll address that in an update, but it's another thing of just like, yeah, just just another annoyance. Um uh I I like there is something that makes me feel makes me realize just how overstimulated we are as a society uh for me when i'm playing a video game and then i look at another screen like if i'm like riding a horse in a game and then i'm just like checking my phone at the same time i'm like we just have too we just have too much it's just like how like a like a you know a fucking uh 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 uh, a, a cool ranch Dorito has just like too much flavor for like our brains to handle. It's just like too, it's like overstimulation. Might I say the opposite? Cause yes. I hear this a lot. I hear this a lot from, you know, grumpy old fuddy duddies who are like, there are too many screens and people right, looking like at their screens all the time. Yeah. Here's the thing. We used to exist in a wild and constantly fluctuating world where every tree branch was the possibility of food or famine. Like everything in our day used to be stimulating. And now we sit in the same fucking room. Nothing changes all day long. I think it is natural for our brain to want to ride the horse and also look at your cell phone at the same time. I don't condemn it. And you know what? If I ever had a kid, I'm going to give him 15 screens and I'll be like, pay attention as much as you can. It's good for you. (laughs) (laughs) Can I say one more thing about Call of the Sea real quick? Sure. Um, So gameplay wise, I don't think I did a good job of describing it. There's it's kind of like an uncharted with no combat or it's kind of like a mist, but it's, it's, you know, it's, it's first person. It's, it's not like it's like smooth scrolling, um, uh, and, and free movement, but it has a thing like uncharted, uh, that I really like in any medium, but particularly in video games, which is uh, giant ancient stone things moving. Anytime you like solve a puzzle and then just like you hear like, like just like a gigantic stone tablet, just like dragging o- over or, you know, like like just giant stone doors opening. I'm into that anytime. Give me as much of that as you got. 
Mm. Giant mm. stone things moving. It's, I'm always on board. It's very cool because they seem like they're too big to move that way, but then they yes. do it, and you're like, whoa, this is kind of crazy. Too big and too old, but it's moving. <laughs> and it's just because I put four amulets in the right spots. That's great. The, that's, the, that's the thing. Like, yeah, yeah, when you have to put something in something like that and then it moves that. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. I love that. You know, that's yeah, a trope so in, in film and in video games. I wonder if there has ever on Earth been a puzzle where you have to put something in something and then it moves and a door opens. Like, I yeah. know that there are secret doors behind bookcases and like in a house. But has there ever been a tomb where it's like you need to get the gear that fits in a turn crank in order to like open a door? Or is yeah. that just a, an invention? If you're an archaeologist out there and you're listening to our podcast, first off, great job, man. That's a cool, <laughs> cool gig. I'm really yeah, proud of you. Cool. Uh, but if you have an answer to that, please um, write at Get Played Pod on Twitter, at Get Played Pod. Say, I'm an archaeologist and no, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like if it were if it were true, it would be something that everybody would be talking about all the time. Like it, like yes, I the fact that we don't know for sure, I feel like it means it's fake. Yeah, I agree with you. It would it would be like the, the like hey, remember when they found that diamond and they put it in the right spot and that giant pit opened up? Yeah, that was really something, right? Yes, but like yeah, I don't I don't think that I don't think anything like that has ever actually happened in history. Uh, did you, uh, Matt? You talked before we we're we we're gonna start recording. You said you've been uh, playing the Halo series. Yeah. So yeah, like I mentioned earlier, uh, I didn't. I this this was my first Xbox, so like I did. I missed out on Halo, um, and I don't know. Like I just guess, you know, who told me to play Halo Reach? Because like the Master Chief Collection is on Game Pass, and I was like, should I mess around with Halo? And Cody Ziegler, past guest, and former friend uh just kidding oh, wow. <laughs> oh boy i work with him now he's the best he's the <laughs> he's coolest the best he's like he's the i text zig every single day um and he was like start with reach halo reach has my favorite halo campaign i think you're just gonna really like it and he was not wrong i loved halo reach so so much um and master chief not present in it like it's not like it's a you know it's a prequel to the main series and I think it was a good way to get involved because now I'm in the middle of uh, Halo Combat Evolved and I, I just, I have it like in my bones now, like in my hand. Mm -hmm. I just know how to play Halo and uh, I don't think I'm good at it because I was playing it on, I'll say I was playing it on easy because I wanted to fly through it and I was like, you know what, I think I can do this on uh, normal and I'm getting shithoused constantly, oh, boy. Uh, but it's still fun like it's still like a fun game and it like i'm still like it's uh it's kind of forgiving uh where it puts your their checkpoints like mm -hmm. so like if i get killed it's not that i don't have to go that far back um but i i'm really really loving it and i'm planning on playing all five mainline halos before infinite comes out which i don't i'm not sure when it's supposed to come out but i think it's coming out this year uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that I think yeah. originally they were talking about it as a launch title and they pushed it back. I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if they just keep pushing that because um, yeah. I think they, they really want to they really want to make sure it's not a fucking debacle. You know, they they got to nail that. I've uh, you know, I'll say that the that playing Halo one on the original Xbox and I don't love playing. I don't love FPSs in general. You know, I can tolerate them if they're good enough, uh, but I do get a little motion sick. Mm -hmm. Um 
And also, uh, I particularly don't like FPSs with uh, with console controllers. Like I, mm-hmm. I like I kind of have to use mouse and keyboard. Uh, but playing the original Halo One on the original Xbox with my roommate co op through the whole campaign is like one of my favorite gaming experiences ever it was it was so fun and so satisfying i don't know how halo one holds up in 20 uh 21 i'm guessing it's it feels like a 20 year old game but i but it it really was uh really was a revelation at the time they fucking raised the bar yeah it like it because like reach came out sometime afterward i think like maybe 10 years afterward so playing reach and then going back to halo one there were some like quality of life things that disappeared. And I was like, Oh, this was a little easier in reach, but it's still like they, you know, it's not like it's a, they didn't like build it from the ground up and remastered it or whatever, but like they did like an anniversary patch of it. And it looks like, it looks fine. Like it doesn't look terrible. You know, it, I mean, it looks like, I, comparatively to other games I've played, it looks like shit. But like, it, it, <laughs> it, it, the, it has the same frame rate as uh, all the other ones, and so it, it plays really, really well. I'm, I'm really, really liking it. Um, Master it, Chief as a character kind of is in that same ballpark as Kratos. That kind of like early 2000s, mid 2000s, like cool video yes. game protagonist in a way that's a little obnoxious. Yeah, I feel like he, that's the long tail of Duke Nukem. Mm-hmm. Like that whole, <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like that yeah, whole like right. genre of dude that was like, oh, there's no Duke because Duke forever is not coming out. Let's fill that hole with Master Chief, with Kratos, mm-hmm. with, um, I don't know, Prince of Persia. <laughs> yeah, so Spirit Within, they they made him all edgy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, and usually my experience with this, that was the first, Halo Reach was the first first person shooter game that i ever finished wow i I never finished one before and because i used to get motion sick when i play it but i guess i don't know i this was a game i noticed i was doing this and i had to correct myself about it i hadn't played a game like this in years i was sitting hunched closer to the tv from my Mm. couch like i had gamer posture and i was mortified Like Guy Fieri eating a sandwich, doing yeah. a hunch. <laughs> and yeah, you, I took that second bite because you know I like I liked it. <laughs> um, I I I want to touch on something real quick that is adjacent to gaming, but I think qualifies for our discussion. Mm-hmm. But uh, I've gotten back into fantasy NBA this season, fantasy basketball, uh-huh. and it's you know it's usually. Uh, fantasy football is way better, even though I don't I don't follow the NFL. Uh, I only follow the NBA as far as professional sports go. Uh, but just like the fantasy football, just it it just is a better format. It just is a better game. But fantasy NBA is is still fun and I'm having fun with it. And I do get the question sometimes as an avid basketball fan, uh, a big ball head, if you will. <laughs> uh, I get the question like, hey, I want to get into I want to get into following the NBA. I want to get into basketball. I want to get into sports in general. Where do I begin? Uh, the first thing I would say is like, you know, just pick a team, whether it's, uh, yeah, hey, maybe it's the team in the city you live in. Maybe it's a team from your hometown, whatever. Something you have some civic allegiance to uh, is, I think, part of the fun of being a sports fan. So just pick a team and just follow them. But I honestly think like playing fantasy and, you know, what you can do it a lot of times, this is going to sound like an ad, but there you can play daily fantasy, mm-hmm. which is just like you have a new team every day and then it's it's open and shut 
uh, you know, for that day, and then you move on to the next uh, win or lose. You just move on to the next one. You can play it for money or not for money uh, on FanDuel or whatever. Again, this sounds like an ad, uh, but <laughs> uh, promo code uh, played uh, for twenty five percent off <laughs> your first month. Uh, but but like it, w- the good thing about fantasy, especially daily fantasy, is that you just start to know your the sport a lot better. Because you have to become aware of a bunch of players that you might not otherwise be aware of because they're not on your team or they're on like, you know, they're, they're on a different franchise and you have to have like a small forward for your team. So you're going to learn about, oh, I learned about Davis Bertans from the the Washington Wizards, a player I otherwise wouldn't have known about because I am maybe not watching those games as regularly. Uh, so it, it I, I do think like if you're looking to get into sports for whatever reason, um, because hey, we all need shit to do. Yeah, uh, I do think like getting into fantasy is 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 a really great on ramp, particularly if you're a gamer, because it just gamifies. Uh, I you know it, it gamifies the sport in a way that's personal to you. Uh, so that would be one suggestion. But I I'm having fun with with uh with fantasy and daily fantasy this year. That yeah, I love that. I I earlier in the pandemic pre. The World Series starting, I was like, I'm going to get into baseball because truly, what else am I going to do? Yes. Uh, started following the Dodgers because I am a, a an L.A. local. And boy, did I have the time of my life watching those games leading up to the World Series and them, them winning the World Series. What a joy. What a, yeah. what a treat. How fun. You're wearing a Dodgers hat right now. Look, Look at I you. I bleed blue, baby. Like a pig in shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oink, oink, baby. (laughs) Speaking of fantasy, I just checked my daily fantasy. I am currently in first place. Wow. Yep. What do you stand to to win? Just like bragging rights? Um, $5 that I'll lose tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) It's really, it's like, it's eight eight men in their thirties and forties, uh, passing $5 to each other every day, whatever. <laughs> hey, you know what? Could be Keep worse. Just busy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if sports aren't your thing and video games are, <laughs> I thought I'd spend some time on this podcast talking about something I remembered in Heather's memory card. I don't, it doesn't work. I don't think that works. It could be no, also I think it's good. Heather's hole. This is something. Here's the the idea. And if you have a better title, go ahead and put it on Twitter and we'll reward you by taking it away from you and saying it all the time. Um, Putting it on a T-shirt. I want to talk about a video game from uh, from my collection that I really enjoyed that has been forgotten in time. And this week's game for 70 Minutes in Gaming Heaven is Contact for the Nintendo DS. Contact was a video game released in, I think, 2006, 2007, depending on where you lived in the world. Uh, It was a role-playing game developed by Grasshopper Manufacturer for the DS, published by Marvelous Entertainment and Atlas in the uh, United States. Uh, It was designed and directed by Akira Ueda, uh, who did the Shining Soul series for Square Enix, uh, Michigan Report from Hell. Uh, he also did the background and map design on Secret of Mana and Super Mario RPG and the famous cult hit Moon. Contact is 
a fucking cool game that doesn't quite become the greatest fucking RPG of all time, but has enough cool ideas in it that I think it's worth hunting down a copy, especially since they're not particularly expensive. On the top screen of your DS, it's like an 8-bit representation of video game characters. On the bottom screen, it's more of a late Super NES, pseudo-CG, super lush, tons of colors image. Um, The game takes place where a professor in the top screen talks to you, the player, about helping the guy on the bottom screen navigate his RPG. It is a game, a role-playing game where you are role-playing yourself and the guy you are interacting with does the battles on his own. Like you can give him hints and like suggestions of how to battle better, but you Mm -hmm. are not directly affecting the battle. It's like Final Fantasy XII style gambit system. Um, Wow. It's very weird And the music is very cool and it breaks the fourth wall constantly. I think in part because Grasshopper Manufacturer took uh, such a nice note from uh, Kojima Productions. I think, in fact, they maybe had a mentorship or something. I'm not quite familiar on the game history and I'm sure that somebody on Twitter or Instagram will correct me. Um, But it's it's a weird game and nobody talks about it. And it's kind of like Earthbound and it's kind of like it's it's just you so if you're out there and you got a DS sitting on the shelf, why don't you pick up a copy of Contact using a promo code PLAYED. <laughs> <laughs> it's also got like Apple fonts on it. It's pretty good. Mm. I- I'm looking at some screenshots and it is uh, this is a game I'm not familiar with, but it looks it does look really unique. Like there is a you know, there's like this isometric, very, uh, you know, just basic presentation on the top screen, much more lush on the bottom screen, as you were saying. It se- you're you so is the player character this old man, this this Doctor Wiley looking professor? No, that's the professor. You oh, are that's... the player character. You the okay. player character. He is talking to the person playing. He's the talking video to game. you. Got and it. And he he crash lands on the like lush planet, and when he crashes, he's in. He's still in eight bit graphics. And he brings the like very, very well rendered guy onto his ship and like explains some stuff and needs some help, like getting batteries. I think it's been a while. I mean, this game came out. Jesus Christ. What is 2006 to 2021? That's 15 years ago. That's 15 fucking years ago. Yeah. Yeah. This game has its learner's permit. Soon I'll be 60 years old. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's it's. It's a weird game. It and I think the DS was um has a nice library of weird games. Like The World oh, Ends yeah. with You is another weird game that's an RPG. But yeah, so that's that's it for the memory card. The Heather's Habitat. <laughs> uh the his this day in history of gaming. <laughs> Heather's the, Vault Tech. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Heather's Vault Tech. Uh, Heather Ann Campbell's Garage. I mean, that's... <laughs> like Leno's Garage? Where yeah. I live. <laughs> <laughs> but I was thinking about Jay Leno's Garage. <clears throat> 
we could cover more DS games on this podcast because you're right, Heather. It had a lot of good, weird, interesting games. There's yeah. definitely some is uh, although it's a little bit of a pain in the ass to track some of these down. It it, it is like we absolutely could cover some more. Even some of the, the successful games, like the big games on Nintendo DS were often kind of, kind of weird. Yeah. You know, like Brain Age is a weird experience. That was yeah. a huge game, but it's 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 still bizarre. Well, I think that one of the challenges for us playing these old weird DS games is that a guest would have to have a DS lying around. It's right. the same reason why we have to wait for the pandemic end, to end uh, before we can do our virtual boy episode, because I think yes. I'm the only one with a functioning virtual boy in a library of games. Yeah. Um, also, Earth. I was thinking about that system <laughs> earlier and how it, it's a fucking pandemic nightmare because every person has to shove their face into the same thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, so I think we should cover contact on the on the show, even though an RPG is, is a bit of a lengthy haul because it's right. such a weird... Game, And I also mm -hmm. think that, you know what, there's a challenge that we've given ourselves with this podcast. Mm. And part of that challenge is illuminating these lost treasures for people in the modern world to experience. Maybe Contact is a game that will change somebody's life. Probably not, but maybe. <laughs> but maybe. 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 Maybe we're wrong. Well, we're talking about old stuff. Heather, this is a link you sent over. Yeah, uh, this is a Wikipedia link and it's list of video games considered the best. Uh, this is the games listed here are included on at least six separate best slash greatest of all time lists from different publications as chosen by their editorial staffs. Basically, this is a giant list, a larger list than I expected of a bunch of different games that have been considered the best, I guess, the best of their of the year. They're kind of broken down by year, but there isn't one for every year. Right. These were just ones at some point. Someone said enough people. There was a consensus that this game is the best game of all time. Period. Is that what the what they what this is saying? Uh, this is a among no among the best of all time. So let's say you among did like a top top fifty of all time or top twenty five right. of all time. Then th these games have made that list in six different publications. So, for example, Tetris, six, right. definitely six different publications are going to say Tetris is among the best games of all time. Sonic yeah. the Hedgehog is on this list. What I find interesting about this list, and I know that when you're in a place in time and space that you are, are less likely to celebrate very recent games as extraordinary, but there are years where there are 10 fucking games or so like 1993, you've got Dave the Tentacle, Daytona USA, Doom, Link's Awakening, Mortal Kombat 2, Myst, NBA Jam, Fantasy Star 4, Sam and Max Hit the Road, Secret of Mana, SimCity 2000, Star Fox, and Syndicate, all as games that are considered among the best of all time. But when you get all the way to uh, more recent years, like in 2013, it's uh, Grand Theft Auto V, The Last of Us, and Dota 2. Like, that's it. So it makes the argument either that nostalgia has made us feel about old video games that they were greater than they actually were, or 
that perhaps the development cycle has gotten so punishing that fewer great games are released in any given year. Mm. Um, like in 2014, there's only one and it's Destiny. I think it's more the first thing you're saying. I think it's just that there's a there's a bias towards uh, nostalgia and there's a bias towards games that we played years ago as as you know, like it's it's I had the reaction. This is this is about movies. But when I saw Creed, I was like, this is the best Rocky. Mm-hmm. And it's just yeah. like 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 that was just my immediate reaction. Like, this is the best Rocky. But I think if people were ranking Rockies, they would not put Creed number one because that just seems heretical when there's. Rocky, you know, right. when there when there's Rocky three and Rocky four, there's these much more uh, beloved movies from from earlier that, that just seem to have some more. Uh, they see just seem to have more significance because they're from the before time. I don't know, but I, I, I mean, like I there's there are games that came out. Uh, super recent, like, like, you know, Breath of the Wild is one that's on this list. That's a very recent game that I feel like that's not going to be the only game from 2017 that's on people's best of all times list. I think just as more lists are compiled, I think when they start making these in 2025, we're going to see a bunch of 2017 games on mm-hmm. there. You know, but there are also years like 2003 that don't have a ton of games. You've got Beyond Good and Evil, Max Payne 2, Prince of Persia, Sands of Time, Star Wars, Knights of the Old Republic and WarioWare. And that's it from 2003. It it, there's something about the list that says some years in gaming are better than others. 2001 has tons of fucking games. Yeah, tons. 2001 well, has 14 entries compared to the rest. And that, like, in is that the best year of gaming? Well, th- I think that'll naturally happen yeah. also based on where we are in console life cycles, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, a, 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 the year a new console, launch year for a new console, it usually doesn't have its best games. It's a few years into its... Uh, existence where it really kind of hits its stride. So I think that's probably just timing wise. Although to that, although, you know, Halo was a launch title. A lot of these other ones were just sort of like PlayStation two was really hitting its stride. And mm-hmm. that, that's why that's when, when these are coming out. I, I don't know. I, it's, it's, it is interesting though. It's like, I, I wonder what ultimately it is. They're definitely up and down years though. Yeah. You know, there are definitely years that, that, that I, I, we just know this as, as people who play games, like there are definitely years where the best, there are fewer great games than others. Yeah. It also makes looking at this list makes me want to choose a favorite year in games. Wow. It's surprisingly difficult to choose a favorite year in games. Looking at this list. I encourage you listener to log into Wikipedia and search for a list of video games considered the best. You get a discount by using the promo code played. <laughs> <laughs> see when uh see when your favorite uh the like when you're looking at this list, see where you land in terms of like this I think is the best year of games and then see if like with me it just coincidentally lines up with when you happen to be 14. <laughs> okay, then I won't say what year was the one. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for the question block. Ding. Oh my god. <laughs> Imagine wanting to listen to three people this awkward week after week. <laughs> I think we're making great strides uh in our in our comfortability in our own skins. Um and this first question, this question is from at Thick Moranis69 on, on <laughs> Very Twitter. Horner username. Yeah. And and they write, well, okay. 
A man puts a gun to your head and says you can only play one console and three games for the rest of your life. What console and what games are you picking? I'd be like, all right, what? You're going to stand here with that gun for the next like 30, 40 years while I live? Just like <laughs> holding it to the back of my head and I got to, you're not going to be able to, hey, buddy, who's making you do this? I'll double the pay. That's what I'd say. <laughs> Who sent <Right>. you? <laughs> um, Three games, one console for the rest of my life, huh? Mm-hmm. I mean, are, is multiplayer out? Are we saying single player games only or can you play? Can you do multiplayer? Uh, he, didn't, he didn't specify. So Great. as long as it's one okay. console and it, uh, games, I think you're, you're good. Can I say PC or is that a cop out? No, um, dude. no, I think you could say it. OK. I don't know if I'm going to say PC. I just want to know my options. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'll allow it. OK, Matt's allowing it. Um. I think I'd want, I just want time sinks. Like I'd want, I want something that I could play again and again and not get bored of it. Mm -hmm. So maybe an MMO, you know, honestly, I haven't played Final Fantasy 14, but I'll say Final Fantasy 14. (laughs) Wow. Because, because I would like to have an MMO, something I could put a bunch of time into and, uh, you know, be social with others. And uh, because that's the context in which I'm comfortable being social. And uh, and the only other MMO I put significant amounts of time in, into is WoW. And I feel like WoW is kind of feels tired to me at this point. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, did, I do a fresh MMO. I'll do Final Fantasy 14. I like the aesthetic. Um, I'll play it on PC. Say another game that I could sink a bunch of time into is Stardew Valley. So I'll take Stardew Valley. Wow. I could endlessly replay that game. Uh, and then I get one more. <sighs> I do really like platformers. Be nice to have a platform game just because it's sort of a different energy. Maybe I'll say. Maybe I'll say Cuphead. Wow. I mean, I mean, I, I love how it looks. I love how it sounds. And I feel like that would take me a lifetime to get, you know, whatever the top rank is in each of those levels. I finished it, but I don't really remember what, if it's an S rank or an A rank, whatever it is. Uh, but like uh, actually getting good enough at that game to be able to breeze through it, I think would take a long time. So I, that, that, that's my that's my immediate uh, reaction. Oh, yeah, I should have picked a fucking big old RPG. That's what I should have done. Oh, well, too late. <laughs> Click. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Should pick like Skyrim or something. Sorry, go on, Heather. I think mine would mine is the same thing. Where I'd I'd want a fighting game because they're endlessly variable. Uh, I don't think people are still playing Street Fighter Four. Um, I think there are still there's still a robust community of people playing Five. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it's cheating that maybe there is like a Street Fighter collection. For um, PlayStation 4, which would give you like Street Fighter 3 online, Street Fighter 4 online, Street Fighter 5 online. But whatever the case, I think mine is going to be. Well, here's something interesting. Like PS4 games are compatible with the PS5. Mm -hmm. So I could. All right, here's my here's my answer. This one's Uh a swing. All right, here we go. Street Fighter five i guess and the last of us so that i could play factions and final fantasy 14 are my three games 
and I'm doing it on PS5, uh, that's the system I choose. Wow. Wow. Same so, reasoning on that MMO, dude. Like, if yeah. I mean, like, 20 years from now, nobody will be playing it, but how fucking weird would it be to be playing? And that's also maybe not true. People are still playing WoW. Who knows? People are still playing, like, EverQuest. Yeah. What about you, Apodaca? Guy's got a gun to, his head, to your head. His dick and balls are out of his pants. You know he's serious. <laughs> yeah. he's, he's, he, he's screaming at the top of his lungs. Three games, yeah. one console, asshole. You're, he's holding you over the edge of a building. He's not hard, but you can tell he's going to get hard. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I've been thinking about this, and I think I'm happy with my answer. All right. It's the PlayStation 2. And my games wow. are Kingdom Hearts 2. Wow. Guitar Hero 2. Wow. Because it has, I, I like the songs better in that one, and it, they refine the gameplay a little bit. And Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. Wow. Cause going if, full on nostalgia. Yeah, just going going full tilt because those all those games are just so fun and like replayable. And Kingdom Hearts 2, I think, is just maybe one of my all-time favorites and is long as shit. And then you could play Grand Theft Auto San Andreas for forever. Like there's so much to do mm-hmm. in that game. Mm-hmm. So yeah. uh I picked those. Um and then I'd say, hey, but I'm gonna finish these at some point, so stick around. <laughs> um i I think i would also if i was gonna do it again i might do like a big old strategy game like a big 4x strategy game Mm -hmm. like a civilization or a crusader kings or something something Mm -hmm. you could really Mm -hmm. really get lost in um all right let's take another question uh okay let's do how about this email from oh yeah this is great this is an email title with the subject line Cyberpunk 2077 and cozy moments in games. And this is from Josh Bays. And they write, hello, You got Heather. a gun against your head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I mean, I think that's why I picked the question because I was like, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, okay, so they write, I really enjoyed Cyberpunk 2077 despite the bugs and have found that some of the moments that stuck with me the most were the quiet and cozy interludes in the story, breaking into an abandoned farmhouse to hunker down for the night, drinking tequila and just vibing. Do you have any cozy or relaxing moments from games that jump to mind? When you get to, in Chrono Trigger, when you get to the end of the world and it's just like a street lamp... It's base. It's it's just like a a like the environment at the end of the world, and then the song that plays. I was I was looking up if we could find it. Pull up the song real quick. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe we'll add it in. Um, but it's just like so. It's so calming and soothing, and it feels like such a break from the action. Uh, and and as a pl- as a location you return to, I don't know. I just that one always sticks with me. I just the, the vibe, the specific vibe from uh, the end of the world and Chrono Trigger. Uh, maybe not exactly what they what's being talked about in terms of cozy moments, but when I heard cozy, like that's what I thought of. That's a good. That's a good one. I. That's an excellent one. 
I'm thinking of, I mean, it goes back to Kingdom Hearts 2. In the beginning, when you're Roxas and when you're with your friends and you're all up on the clock tower eating ice cream before things start to go south, that's a nice that's a nice little thing. That's a cozy moment. Yeah. Um, I just uh, realized I sound like an idiot because I said end of the world. The real reason not, nothing was coming up is because it's actually end of time, of course. Chrono Trigger. You're traveling throughout time. It's not the end of the world. It's the end of time. Mm-hmm. But end of time is where you get to. And yes, it, it's just like a weird little... Uh, Weird little hub, Mm -hmm. but it feels very cozy. There is, okay, every time you camp in Final Fantasy XV, it's fucking cozy as shit. fire going there's a nice song there's also a um something quay has a really good feeling it feels like you're in like french polynesia or something with those overwater bungalows like that's like both of those feelings are nice cozy feeling um i think part of the reason i like final fantasy 15 is there are a lot of cozy moments in that game of just like Mm -hmm. hanging out with your pros you got some coleman uh, camping equipment in the background, loving shots of like their their master series uh, camping <laughs> equipment. Nice little lantern that you can purchase if you're uh, obsessive. Um, I I love I love those cozy moments. So that's that's the first one that occurs to me is those cozy moments. Campfires in general, I feel like in games, it happens in a lot of Final Fantasies. Yeah. It's just, it's just, yeah, it's kind of a, it, it's, I mean, it's naturally cozy. It's a cozy yeah. environment. You know what we could do? I, I feel like at some point is if we were doing an episode, a DLC episode where we were talking like best uh, rest themes mm-hmm. or save themes, because those are always just like a nice little stinger. I, I, one that's particularly cozy for me is an eco when you sit on a bench, there's just like this looping sort of uh, track. It's just like a little four bar track, but it, it it's it's got a very cozy feeling. Yeah, feels like you're sitting on on a bench. Yeah, and hey, you get you got benches in Final Fantasy VII Remastered as well. So yeah, also feel kind of cozy sitting yeah. down. Spe- yeah. Sometimes by a fire, it's cozy. Yeah. All right. Was that? I think we Let's did take it, one but... more question. Okay. Want to do one more question? I have a <laughs> yeah. bit of breaking news. Wow, breaking news. Do you want to do that or do you want to do the question? Let's do uh let's do some breaking news. Okay, so today, I mean, look, this is going to be dated by the time this comes out, but there was casting rumors about The Last of Us and the TV show. The Last of Us TV show for HBO, and they were talking that Mahershala Ali was circling the role, but they have announced who is taking the role of Joel in the wow. last of us. Yep. And it is Pedro Pascal, the Mandalorian. Wow. Mando himself. Mando. They've also As announced Joel. Ellie. Yes, they did. And Ellie is Bella Ramsey from Game of Thrones. Yes. Wow. So this is look. I kind of wish you'd been Ellie is Mahershala Ali. <laughs> Whoa. <Yeah. laughs> Bold choice. All right. But yeah, just a little bit of breaking news. Pretty exciting casting. Uh, I mean, I always love Pedro when he pops up and stuff, and I think 
Uh, I think he'll be a great Joel. Yeah. Imagine him with that salt and pepper beard. Boy. Ellie. Texas accent. Yeah. You know he's going to pull it off. He's, he's great. That's my breaking news. Wow. Who'd they cast as Abby? Otherwise, I'm not interested. Am I right? Well, <laughs> Mahershala. <laughs> Look, whoever they cast as Abby, I just want her to pop my head off with her bicep. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. Uh, I'm really excited about the series. I think... I think Druckmann's involvement is going to be so key to its success. I also mm-hmm. think that um, uh, Gustavo's music being oh, part God. of the series, like it's going to feed. I'm, I look. It would be weird to me if it's just the ga- the first game. Like if it ends up just being right. the first game with no turns, I'll be like, "Huh, that's a choice." But yeah. like I, my gut tells me that there's going to have to be some surprise in the series, like some major surprises, because that's kind of what makes drama, right? Yes, I agree. <laughs> you can't just reenact something. That's why it's an adaptation. The first, yeah, the first season of The Walking Dead is different than the comic, and they deviate yeah. here and there. Even yeah. with the HBO Watchmen adaptation, there's like different things about it. So I'm I'm excited about. Uh, just to see what they do because I think everybody involved is capable of making something interesting. Yeah, there's nothing fans love, particularly gamers love, quite like when you deviate from the source material. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do sound like uh, <laughs> three new people. <laughs> hey, there's another big news piece that came out today that I'm really excited about, as long as we're just dropping some news bombs, which is that Sonic 2 was announced. Sonic yes. 2 was announced, wow. and the, the the theme song for the teaser is Emerald Hill Zone from Sonic 2. That 2 has two tails. We know he's going to be in it. We know what the theme is going to be. I'm wow. super excited. The Last film I saw before COVID hit was Sonic the Hedgehog on Valentine's Day by myself. I can't wait to be in a movie theater in 2022 on Valentine's Day and see it with myself. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Hit us up on Twitter and Instagram. I can play pod or send us an email. I can play pod at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 616-2PLAY. That is 616-275-2933. Our music and engineering is by our MVP, Devin Bryant. You can follow him on Twitter, at BaffleGabs. And Matt, next week we're back to our regular format. Why don't you tell us next week's game? Next week's game, Psychonauts. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye, Bucket. Edge. Edge.